coming up on Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. I want to go faster. So it's just the constant wanting to get better, wanting to get faster. There's always another race around the corner. Like the Olympics is over now. We're into another cycle. It's a big year next year. There's world indoors, there's European outdoors, there's world champs. So I suppose you don't get to kind of rest on your laurels for too long. You're kind of on to the next thing. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a great show coming up with our guest, Irish Olympian, Sophie Becker. We're very excited about this. Episode 154 is brought to you in collaboration with Max Sport Ireland. They've also given us the chance to give away one prize to a lucky listener, a HIT Fitness premium massage gun. Head over to our Instagram at sleepbeatperformrepeat or our Twitter at separate podcast or simply check out the link in the show notes or on our website sleepeatperformrepeat.com to find out how you can enter and win this great prize. It was also very humbling to hear that they're an Irish-owned second-generation family business. They've been in the game for 40 years and have dedicated their time to know what the best products are out there. They started off as a small local sports equipment store and now they're Ireland's largest and most trusted online retailer of sports and fitness equipment. We've been fortunate enough to get to know the owners and directors of MaxSport and have to say, this is a company that we should all get behind and continue to see thrive in Irish business. Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Today we spoke with Sophie Becker, Irish Olympian and 400 metre track athlete. Sophie represented Team Ireland at the Summer Olympics in Tokyo in the mixed 4x400 metre relay event, along with Killian Green, Phil Healy and Chris O'Donnell. She helped Team Ireland make history with a 51-58 second split as Ireland's relay team set a new national record and a place in an Olympic final for the first time ever, finishing eighth. She has certainly had a glittering start to her running career. Sophie competed in the women's 400 metre event at the 2021 European Athletics Indoor Championships. She ran a PB in Belfast of 52-32 last year, which is fifth on the all-time Irish list, and was a part of the women's 4x200 meter team that finished second at the World Relay Championships in Poland in May 2021, in a national record of 135.93, finishing just behind the host nation. Sophie, who has a degree in genetics and cell biology from DCU, born in Wexford, has firmly helped place her county on the map, along with their other famous sports star, the Irish rugby player Tyg Furlong. We speak about what Wexford is also known for, her training schedule and the intricacies of her routine. We explore the differences between racing indoors and outdoors and which one she prefers. We unpack breathwork as prep, those final moments before a race starts, preserving the ego and grounding when fame comes, race splits and feeling fast versus what that stopwatch reveals. Sophie Becker, thanks a million for joining us on the show. We're looking forward to getting into all things performance with you. How are you? Hello, I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. So you're bringing a bit more light to the lovely county of Wexford. What does that feel like? Um, (laughs) It feels very good. Everybody down in Wexford has been so supportive, especially over the last few months. I was very honoured last, what was it? Yeah, two weeks ago, I got to turn on the Christmas lights. So that was a, because, you know, you'd be going to the turning on of the Christmas lights since you're small. And uh, it was lovely to be asked to get to do that. So for those listeners outside of Ireland or even in Ireland, thinking of Wexford, 
Strawberries comes to mind, I suppose. Tyke Furlong, certain big rugby player. Now yourself. What else is Wexford known for? I think you kind of have the nail on the head there. I think that's all that <laughs> that's people about really it. Yeah, no, the strawberries is a key one. Yeah, I have two younger brothers and they've done the standard Wexford thing of uh, their first job was selling strawberries. I never actually did that, but uh, no, you hit the nail on the head there. That's pretty much Wexford. I think there's a lot of growth and learning that you get from coming up in the trailer and selling outside the local mass. I bought punnets of punnets, probably from your brothers, actually. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. And they're really good as well. Like people, I brought some up to friends and stuff and they're like, okay, these are actually really (laughs) good. I get why they're famous now. So Sophie, you've been involved in some big moments over the last few years. Where did where, let's go back to the start? Where did athletics? Where did the track and field start for you? Yeah, so I started athletics. I think I always get the age wrong. I think it's around eight that I started athletics. Um, I actually started it for not your usual reasons. Um, I had really bad asthma growing up, and one of my friends, her dad was like the local athletics coach. And he was like, oh, maybe if you, you know, try a bit of running, it might like really teach you how to breathe properly and help your asthma. So that's actually how I got into athletics for, yeah, not the usual reason. But uh, yeah, I found I had a bit of speed as well. I mean, really enjoyed it. So yeah, that was back when I was eight that I, yeah, just joined the local athletics club. And it was just community games back then that we did. Um, So yeah, I was up in... I think I wasn't even, I didn't even make it to Mosnia. I don't think I was even <laughs> fast enough to make it to Mosnia. I think it was Athlone that I made it to. So, um, yeah. And then I went to secondary school and I kind of decided I wanted to get a bit more, I won't say serious, but I just, like, I was doing other sports. I did camogie, football. I did everything under the sun, but it was athletics that I was really enjoying. So, yeah, I think when I was about 16, I decided I wanted to kind of focus on athletics and, um, I joined a different club at home, St. Joseph's, which was more of an athletics club. And that's when I started doing Leinster's and counties. And I won't say all Ireland's. I didn't make it to all Ireland for another few years. I'd say I was kind of a late bloomer compared to other athletes. I didn't get my first cap, my first Irish cap. I think I was 19. It was for Irish European under 23s um, in Bidgosh. That was 2019. So that was when I got my, no, I actually, sorry, I would have been, I think, 20, 21, I think, actually, for my first cap. So yeah, a bit of a late bloomer compared to other people. But um, yeah, no, I've gotten to see a good bit of the world with athletics now. And yeah, it's going great. With regards to the speed, how much of that is is really something you're born with? I mean, the question we often have in our space is nature, nurture. How much of it can be trained if, if it might have been picked up from an early age that I'm quick? I'm fast. I'm faster than most. Where, where's the balance between the two for you? Um, God, that's that's a good question. I think up until I was probably about sixteen, I kind of just used my the nature side of it, like just the speed that I was given, and, and like even at that, there was definitely still girls that were faster than me. But I suppose compared to the amount of training that I did at the time, I was uh quite quick. And then, yeah, I suppose, yeah, since I was about, took it a bit more serious, even since I went to college, I think that's when we really started focusing on it. And I suppose like 400, which is my my event, suits people who are naturally fast and who also have to work on it because, you know, like you can either run the first 200 really fast or you can kind of take it easy and then come through with your, like your strength and your endurance in the last 200. So I think that's where 400 is great for like people of, both sides but I uh, know we still would very much so work on my 
on my speed like I do come indoor season I do 60s and indoor 200s and stuff and it's I, I really enjoy it like I love I love the speed side of sessions and it might be great to jump into the training aspects of it later but I'd love to love to ask so 21 was the first cap was there anything you feel that made you continue your, your gradual progression to being an Olympian from someone who wasn't making the, them squads when you're younger yeah it's like I look back on it I suppose I just really enjoyed it uh, like I made a lot of good friends when I joined athletics like back when I was 12 and 16 and everything I made a lot of really good friends I just really enjoyed it I suppose I really enjoyed getting better um like even though I wasn't winning medals or even making it into like all Ireland finals or anything like that I I slowly was seeing that instead of finishing second last I was maybe finishing like third last like just constantly working at it and I think I don't think I knew it at the time that like oh you know you're going to get better eventually but yeah I suppose just constantly seeing I was really enjoying it and just seeing I was getting better. For young aspiring female male athletes listening listening to this how can they get a grasp to understand performing under pressure because for you in your sport there's probably a nervous excitable energy just at the point when you're about to go what can what can young athletes do to help really improve that practice and and keep focused but not become too stressed yeah I know the nerves is something that like I still you know you still are like oh my god I wish I wish I wasn't nervous I hate this feeling in my stomach feeling sick feeling nervous the butterflies but um you need it to run like you you really do it's the adrenaline that gets you going it gets you out of the blocks off the line and around the track yeah I work with Jessie Barr she's my sports psychologist and it's something we're still working on at the minute, you know, like how to kind of use the nerves as a good thing. And like something she always says to me is see it as a challenge, not a threat. Like a lot of the nerves that you feel and stuff is because you're kind of scared of what you're about to do or because you feel threatened by the situation in front of you. But if you kind of see it as a challenge, something that you just have to do and get over that um, it's a good way of kind of using the nerves for good rather than seeing them as a bad thing. And then just digging a bit deeper, when you're on the blocks, you're just about to go. Do you have any routines, breath work, or do you do visualization or self-talk in that moment before maybe the gun, proverbial gun goes? No, in when I'm when I'm sitting in the blocks, my mind is just blank. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> sitting there ready, waiting for the gun. Um, any breath work and stuff like that, I usually do with like, I work it into my warm up or in the call room. Excellent. And any particular practice of breath work that you found most beneficial, box breathing was something you use? Yeah, the box breathing would be something we'd use and like a bit of visualization. Um, it's kind of trial and error, trying something that might work for one race, it might not work for another. Uh, but it's, it's interesting kind of discovering what works for you. And when you've achieved PBs and, and set really excellent times, right, that we've all read about in the papers and online and stuff like that, what does that do to you as, as a person? How do, how do you manage to preserve the ego as it were and keep wanting to grow and improve what's that like especially when you're saying i'm doing really well here but i need to stay grounded because i want to do better what's what's that process like for you uh well i think my friends if anybody knows my friends they're very good for keeping you grounded they won't let you you get too big of a head yeah so i i don't know i suppose i'm always like a typical athlete i run a pb and kind of your next thing is i can go faster I want to go faster. So it's just the constant wanting to get better, wanting to get faster. There's always another race around the corner. Like the Olympics is over now. We're into another cycle. Um, you know, there's it's a big year next year. There's world indoors, there's European outdoors, there's world champs. So I suppose, 
you don't get to kind of rest on your laurels for too long. You're kind of on to the next thing. We're very aware of it because trying to get this in the diary is difficult. You have such a hectic schedule with training, balancing studies, being an Olympian now. How does that fall into your preparation for big events? How do you balance? Yeah, so unfortunately, I'm not living the student life anymore. I'm a real, <laughs> I'm a real person in the working world now. So I'd love to go back and uh, balance the... That was easy now. When I think back to that, I wish I, I enjoyed it more being the student athlete. Um, so yeah, I finished in DCU and now I'm working full time. So learning to balance study and athletics was, I like especially learned it in college and it was good to learn it then because you definitely need to know how to manage your time when you're working and training. Balanced in there, there is management in there somewhere. Yes, I work like, I work nine to 5.30 and then I'd come home, um, get changed, go straight to training, come back, eat dinner, shower, make lunch, it's groundhog day, but um, you get through it and it's, it's tough. But like, you know, everybody's balancing something. If you're not balancing work, you're balancing studies. And um, yeah, it's, I've, I enjoy having something to do during the day. Uh, keep me distracted. Like I could be thinking about a horrible session that I have, that I know I have that evening, but I need to concentrate on work. So at least I'm not just getting engulfed into the session ahead. And for a sport like, say, tennis, right, everyone kind of hears about the differences between surfaces, between clay and grass and hard court and why those opens are different. For those of us who maybe don't know so much about your sport, what are the big differences, especially in terms of training and in terms of maybe expected outcomes between the, the indoor events and the outdoor events? Because obviously you do both. Yeah, I enjoy, I know some people don't really like indoors or they might try to avoid them and train through indoors, but I personally really enjoy indoors. I think it's, it's fun again, like as like kind of a speed based 400 meter runner, I think I run well doing indoors because you have to do the two laps of the track because it's only a 200 meter track and you're trying to get to the bell first to cut in. So you really need to use your speed there. But those indoors, you have the two laps of the track. There's obviously no wind. It's nice and warm. You're not going to have any conditions affecting your time and then yeah I suppose outdoors if it's windy if it's raining that can all play into play into your time of course the weather would be the first thing that would kind of jump out mm. to. there's a lot more you can control because indoor you know there's no wind but also probably being known for your speed would you just definitely prefer the indoor because of that reason that you probably have a better ability to control it and, and go quicker yeah, I I think you kind of prefer wherever your PB is from sometimes. So I would <laughs> used to say indoors and now my PB is from outdoors. There's the elbowing and everything as well. Like both of them have different things, like because outdoors you're in your lane on your own, whereas indoors, although the weather isn't coming into play, there's other people getting into your lane, like you're running in front of each other. There's elbowing and stuff. So like they each have their positives and their negatives. There's definitely, I'd say, a lot more excitement indoors as you just don't know what way the the race is going to go you know I've seen races before and people are elbowed off the track trying to get into the break first oh wow real competition then yeah, yeah I know <laughs> you don't do cross country growing up you're not really sure what to do <laughs> build up to these events looking at a regular week of training how much balance of SNC strength work in the gym do you do as well as out on the track I'm very lucky. My one of my coaches, Jared O'Donnell, he's big into SNC. He does my SNC work, and um, he definitely makes sure to kind of build it into some sessions as well. So my standard week would be Monday is speed endurance, Tuesday is gym, Wednesday is bike, Thursday is more speed endurance, Friday is rest, Saturday would be gym and like expe- excel accelerations and speed work, and Sunday is hills. 
So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to hill this. <laughs> no, not, we're nearly finished them. It's kind of the, the winter block up until Christmas. We do the hills. And, uh, yeah, you get, you get, we usually go for coffee afterwards. So that's kind of an incentive to get you through the hills. <laughs> 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 Typical athletes, anything for coffee. So Jared O'Donnell, he does our gym work and um, we keep it quite simple. Like we don't do anything too fancy, you know, your standard. We do plyos, like hex bar jumps, box jumps. We do squats, deadlifts. Sometimes we do cleans and we might do some bench or like some small up, upper body work. But a lot of it he focuses on is like stability and just like overall strength um, would be something that he really focuses on. And I think it's definitely important to work in SNC. Like I definitely see a difference since I came to Dublin. Um, like that's the only time I really started a real SNC program was when I came to college in DCU. And I mean, apart from like obviously the training and just getting older and stronger, but like you definitely do see the benefit of a proper SNC routine. And besides the rest day, you can't include that one. Um, what aspects of that sort of cycle of training in a week do you? you tend to enjoy do you tend to lean into and maybe it's changed over the last couple of years yeah like I said at the start I'm more of a speed-based person so I would have always dreaded the the longer endurance stuff but this year is probably the first year I won't say enjoy it but I don't (sighs) dread it as much and it's it's nice to see that I'm not struggling with the longer say we do like 600s or 500s it's nice to see that I'm not struggling with them as much and yeah I suppose one of my favorite sessions is on a Thursday night at the minute we're doing four times 250 meters and we're indoors doing that as well we're getting to train indoors over in Abbottstown so I mean that that's probably why I like it as well because we're Hmm. indoors. Speaking of Abbottstown and Sport Ireland how much has that support really helped and really pushed you on to the next level? It's it's been great for doing training sessions uh, especially in this weather like it's it's great that we have access to an indoor track and I'm very lucky to work with Jesse Barr through Sport Ireland and we have access to the institute over there um i've been injured before and i was very lucky to have access to physios over there and we went through biomechanics and the gym and everything so it all really does feed into kind of one loop there's nutritionists psychologists physios everything i think to get to the next level you do need kind of a team built around you to progress and talk to me about when you're walking into sport ireland and you've got this blend of athletes, Olympians, you've got national champions, European champions. What's that, what's that feeling like when you're looking across, maybe someone doing box jumps themselves or hex bar jumps? Was at some stage, was that, well, wow, that's Phil Healy. And what's that sort of environment like? Yeah, I'm very lucky I get to train with Phil a good few times. Her coach, Shane, and my coach, Jeremy, would be very good friends. And even still, I'm like, oh, wow, that's <laughs> Phil Healy I'm getting to train with. Uh, but no, it's. I think it's really, it's really inspiring. I don't know personally. I think being inspired kind of helps me to, is mot- motivates me and drives me to achieve. Just being inspired and seeing, like obviously it's Sport Ireland. You know, there's people from all different sports over there. There's the boxers there. You could see Kelly Harrington walking around. There's modern pentathlon. You know, there's literally everything over there. So it's a real great place to kind of just be inspired by sports people around you. And um, like there's a a whiteboard on the wall, and just have just it has like different people's names from all different sports, but like their I don't different jumps they were doing or like PBs that they've hit in the gym and stuff like that. And it's just it's really yeah, it's just just suppose inspiring to see. And in terms of say priming the body, and for those of us playing other sports that obviously incorporate speed, 
you know, speed training into their sessions to get quicker with, with even a different sport outside of track. How, how do it prevent injury? You kind of alluded to the fact that you've been injured before. You know, we're physios, so we obviously can understand that process. What would be the key muscle groups or, or key elements of your body that you really look at as a preventative piece in your training? Um, I would say we probably focus a lot on the calves, uh, just because the track we train on Santry is, or in Morton Stadium, is an extremely hard track. You can be prone to like shin splints or Achilles issues and stuff. So we would do a lot of work, especially in the gym, on strengthening the calves. It's usually when I go get um, a massage, it's usually my calves a lot of the time that I would focus on yeah and I suppose that's where I've had some issues previous times as well which is probably why I take extra care just making sure I'm doing my rehab on my calves getting them rubbed out I'm nearly hypersensitive kind of to them and yeah I suppose just kind of other than that like you know your glutes your hamstrings just making sure everything is warmed up really well and we have very kind of diverse warm-ups for different sessions they you know there's a lot of mobility a lot of stability stuff plyos just really making sure the body's well warmed up before you start a session and flipping back to the performance now we've kind of gotten an idea as to the setting the environment and, and kind of the sort of training when you when you're running your laps or when you're doing your cycles do you know you've gone really quick or do you need someone to say, check out the stopwatch, 53, 52 and a half? Did you know 52, 32, or do you have to have someone that puts it in front of you? No, I had no idea. Like that <laughs> race especially, I went through 200, I think, in a PB as well. Now my 200 PB is from a while ago, but still. Uh, so no, I had no idea. Um, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall hearing my coaches because they'd be on the stopwatch. And they'd obviously know the splits that I should be running for a 200 or like they'd have written down what they'd expect me to run. So I wish I was a fly on a wall hearing them because I'm sure they were freaking out of it when they saw the splits that I went through. In. And I mean, like sometimes you kind of would know maybe where gauging by where the other athletes are. But again, it's hard to know, like you shouldn't be running your race, comparing yourself to others either. But uh, no, I think it's kind of just when you cross the line and you see the you see the time. But it, it is it is nice when like it didn't feel exceptionally hard or exceptionally fast and it's it's a, a good time and then moving across from individual say 400 meters to the mixed relay how much importance do you give on how well you get on with the people you're running with is there is there a massive element off the track that you have to develop for you to perform on the track i think so definitely athletics is an individual sport but when it comes to relays it's most definitely not like that is a hundred percent a team sport you know especially over in Tokyo when we were there with the relay we spent three weeks beforehand in the holding camp really just spending time with the other relay members getting to know each other like you really have to trust the person that you're giving the baton to and who you're receiving the baton off of you need to know kind of the way they run they might have little quirks they do before they take the baton or before they take off so uh no I think it's really important to get to know people on your team and just people around you and just as well it's just nice to have support if it doesn't go well it's just nice to know that um they're not going to blame you we're all in it together we're always intrigued by you know theory best practice innovation and how does that translate into practice like what you're actually doing the fact that you were in dcu and obviously studied genetics and cell biology those would be you know it, it was there anything within those subjects that you've maybe drawn from that might help with your running as you're getting older 
I don't really know. I've never really thought about it before. I mean, it's it's interesting to kind of know how your body works, like how like we would have done modules on anatomy and stuff. Like it's interesting to see how your body breaks down during sessions and how it builds back up and just even like um how your body copes with when you get sick and like what's happening it's nice to understand what's happening to your body like I'm as in then like you kind of know not to push it too much if you're feeling sick or like why it's taken you a few weeks to kind of get better after being sick so I suppose it's just more if I learned anything from my course it's probably like not to be so hard so hard on my body when I am sick or when I am injured because I do understand kind of like the process behind proteins healing and muscles healing and everything and then building on that we often see the elite athletes they train at, at an elite level but they also recover at an elite level too what does a day in recovery look like for you are you using normatec boots are you using ice baths are you just resting getting a lot of naps in what's what's <laughs> the full day what's the full day like I, for you? I wish my recovery <laughs> is terrible i hate to say it um i just don't really have time for it i know i should oh um, my, I gosh. my main thing is my my sleep i try to get a good amount of sleep and i kind of get a massage maybe every two weeks or so that's kind of the extent of my recovery just I suppose coming home from work I'm training I just don't really have time to do much else but like it works for me and I suppose I'm just very like in tune with my body if something doesn't feel right I'll say it to one of my coaches and we'll kind of tackle it before it gets it gets any worse but yeah I suppose I just try to get a good night's sleep and just eating right I think taking in the right fuel after a session is uh, very important do you track your sleep David here is wearing an aura ring I'm wearing a whoop band and um, we'd be looking into it a lot, a lot over the last few years. Do you track it, and how much does that play an influence if you do? No, I don't. I'd be scared to know what my. Uh, <laughs> I'd say it's about six hours sleep or something like that. I'd hate, I'd hate to see what it was. Uh, I think I am interested in that sort of stuff, and I do know how important it is with recovering and stuff. But I think for myself personally, anyway, if I wore one of the whoops or the rings or anything, I'd kind of see that I didn't have maybe a hundred percent recovery and that'll be kind of playing on my mind then so I just kind of rather go by feel rather than um, checking the numbers and stuff. Talking about biomechanics and you kind of mentioned it at some point we've read a lot as to how it's changed people's understanding as to how you can run differently over the years people say I'm a heel striker I'm a four footer I wear vibrams all these sort of things do you ever barefoot train run do you see any benefit as to it or are you always no, I'm wearing my Sokini or my New Balance or whatever it is. And that's, that's what I'm sticking with. No, we'd never do barefoot running or anything. Um, we would do some of our warm-up and mobility drills barefoot, but that would be the extent of it. When I did do some biomechanic work with um, the Institute, it was a lot to do yeah, with my running form. And um, they had you know the speed, the gait set up and everything to kind of monitor it. And I definitely did see, like I worked with them for a few months and I definitely did see a difference with um the way I run and everything and I we do like a lot of drills and stuff to ensure that you have good running technique but um yeah that's kind of um the extent of it all right so a bit of a curveball here one for you if you were to pick a mixed relay team and it can't be any athletes that actually do track and field who are you having on your team they can be celebrities anyone singers you name it who's on your team oh my god <laughs> I was not expecting this at all <laughs> um who am I having on my team I am going to say my three coaches and 
one of my friends because I just like to see my coaches run a 400 meters and my friend Doyler always says that he beat me over a 400 so I just <laughs> like to see him do it and see what his split was so yeah I don't I don't know how good the team would be but I think it would be entertaining to watch <laughs> we're not going to ask about what we're hoping to see achieved by that team moving forward but, but with, with regards to yourself Sophie kind of rolling forward a couple of years you know you've obviously achieved a lot at, at a pretty young age what are you hoping to do next? What are the big kind of milestones you're hoping to achieve personally and as part of a team environment? Um, The goal kind of for the next year, I kind of would work in like year blocks. I don't really think too much further ahead than that. But yeah, no, I would be hoping to qualify for the world indoors this year. And then the summer is a big year. The mixed four by four has already qualified for the world championships in Oregon. So I'd love to be on that team and also there's European championships on and world university games. So I don't know when I get to go to all of them, but I would hope to at least go to one of them anyway. And it'd be great to um, get the chance to run individually in 400 meter in one of those competitions as well as in the relay. So yeah, I suppose that's kind of my my goal for the next year. Women's 400, especially in the country, is crazy at the minute like there's so much talent so it'd be great if we could have a women's four by four in one of those events as well and then just even speaking across the sport or maybe someone outside of it has there been one person who's been a massive influence on your career so far I'd say my coach Jeremy Lyons like we've we've been through a lot there's been a lot of ups and downs a lot of a lot of tears but um, I trust him wholeheartedly with my athletics career and um, he hasn't let me down yet so um, yeah I would say Jeremy he's just he knows exactly what to say at the right times and like he's been working with me now since I was 19 and I'm 24 now so he knows me very well and um, yeah I suppose he just always motivates me and it's nice when like I do well and the group does well because it's I must like it's nice for him to see that what he's doing and the other coaches are doing is paying off. So if you've touched on nutrition we've touched on training prep injury prevention all these sort of things Last question from the two of us here today is what does high performance mean to you? A high performance to me, achieving the highest thing that you personally can achieve with the team around you that you've built. That'd be high performance to me and it's what I consider myself to have around me and what I strive for. Sophie Becker, thanks a million for all your endeavours for Irish sports, for your time today. Stay fit, stay healthy and we look forward to seeing your career continue to blossom and that gradual progress to continue thanks a million thank you bye thank you for listening to today's episode of sleep eat perform repeat a story of high performance this was brought to you by howora a whole person well-being company founded and run from dublin ireland find out more at howoralife.com spelt h-a-u-o-r-a life.com please rate review and share the podcast some people want it to happen some wish it would happen Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.